Hello and welcome back to the handstand cast. With <laughs> Sorry, <I was> breaking. <laughs> Best intro ever. <laughs> you got wrecked. <laughs> got wrecked by my own screenshot of Mikhail. Yeah. Hello and welcome back. Uh, yeah, we're back at the handstand cast yeah, and I'm getting thanks. wrecked with Mikhail's face once again because he is back on the show with uh, me. Yeah. yeah. So, how things been, Miguel? I hear you've been adventuring around the place. Yeah, shit. Uh, I was in New York um, for 10 days. Uh, I was pretty damn cool. Visited, uh, yeah, um, this place called Warrior Bridge. And a guy named Sean Langhouse, uh, who started this new really cool circus space. So, I was there seeing that, uh, meeting loads of good people. It was an absolute blast in every way shape or form uh so yeah new york is a pretty damn cool city uh i really enjoyed um yeah it's just been insanely intense we basically played shows with like vald in stockholm i had three days off fucked off to new york was there for 10 days just mega tempo all the time flew back to sweden through finland was home for 23 hours uh flew to norway then the night after, we drove seven hours north into the region called Trøndelag in Norway, which is we're ba- I'm basically in in fuck off nowhere right now. I checked the population density in this area, and it's like three people per square kilometers, so it's literally nowhere. So uh, hold on, hold on, let me get this right. You've gone from like possibly the most densely packed city in the world, bar maybe I don't know Jakarta or something like that. <laughs> to like the most sparsely populated. Now that's some extreme. Yes, it, 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 yeah, it was pretty epic because yeah, like yeah, I just came up here and I was like yeah, thirty five hours ago, I, like or forty hours ago, I was in like New York and now like on like middle of Manhattan and then you're just like, well, here there's like moose on the fucking um, like on a on a meadow out there and there's just no people, no nothing. Are the moose friendly? No, I mean they're probably gonna fuck you up if you if you get close to them if they want to or they run away, or they just stand in the middle of the road so you hit them with your car. That's what usually happens with moose up here. Um, but uh, yeah, we're playing this like kids show that I have with two friends of mine with a company called Company Two, uh, which is great. So yeah, it's it's a blast being up here with them and uh, playing some shows. We did two shows in the morning in a very cold kind of. Um, uh, physical education hall um but yeah kids love it we yeah, and it's a really nice show to play so but yeah very large contrast just coming from new york and just like heading up here and say, hey there is literally nothing here and it's kind of freeing at the same time but yeah there's there's been a lot of stuff and then i finish up like this touring here i had a home to sweden off for one day and then i have like a month of rehearsal with with the next show i'm going to be playing in so yeah there's a lot of things how about you emmett lewis not uh, like I think I've kind of exchanged your lifestyle. At some point, I stopped traveling as much, and now I just have a desk job, which involves mm. smashing my head against the keyboard, trying to figure out how <laughs> to make sense of words and what word makes sense. I don't know if people have experienced right. this, but when you read the same word over and over again, it loses all meaning. And when you're trying to like say the same thing in a different way, it also loses meaning. Till eventually, you're just kind of like going, and then I think it's a muscle contraction. And isometric is a and you literally your brain is making that sound even though you're reading the words you've typed. It's great fun. You should try it out. I recommend that. It's it's like it's like being on drugs, but not quite. It's for free, basically. So it's cheap. It's cheap. Put it that way. You just keep saying the same word over and over again until it loses all meaning. I mean, I'm sure if you do it for long enough, it'll be like actually being on drugs. I'm not sure. I think how, basically how if you say is, the but... same subset of words long enough, eventually you become an academic and you have a PhD mm. and no one knows Very what you're talking point. about. 
But that's okay because you don't know what you're talking about, but you're saying the words because you said them so confidently for so long that yeah. people think so, you know what so, you're talking about. Exactly, and you just you just need to keep the farce going. Yeah, you just you just like okay, if if I just keep saying this, I'll keep my position, and everyone thinks this yeah. is kind of cool. Basically, keep yeah, the grounds rolling in. It's good fun. Uh, other than that, yeah. like I'm off to London this weekend for a seminar, the first international well, seminar I, of a while. I'm gonna bend the shit out of some people. Just yeah. for whether yeah, they compensate for like the two years of having bent people and just like fucking turn them into a pretzel in like ten minutes. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like come back because we had a smaller one in Dublin a couple of weeks ago, and it's mm-hmm. like I know from working with my own sort of clients and students. Just because of the load, I can't actually like I had the seminar kind of designed as a bit of an experience as much as anything else. It's like it's designed to kind of lead people to kind of peak kind of flexibility expressions just as just to show what's in there and i kind of have to tone it down a little actually just because people aren't like the the average level of fitness that you'd expect to come to the seminar has just dropped or the average rate of stress is much higher or has been for the last two years so it's like okay i gotta tone things back a little which is not great for the old before and afters, but you know, we're not in this business to get quick before and afters anyway, but it's kind of to get the wizardry ones. Shit, the wizard staff worked again. Not the wizard staff, that has some bad connotations in this business. <laughs> yes, <laughs> don't bring out the wizard staff in, in, in the seminar. Either. It's a Gandalf staff, it's a Gandalf staff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, it's going to be fun. we we'll go back to London. I haven't been there in a while. Uh, London was like basically full. Like, I'm not joking, trying to find an Airbnb for under like a thousand a day was essentially impossible mm. so we managed oh, to find some hotel that claims to be three star looking at the mm. pictures of it like if me and isaac the co-host managed to come out of this hotel without bed bugs and fleas mm. it's probably going to be like <laughs> a thing and it's not cheap as well it's just like i remember when i yeah. When I was in tour on on tour in, in France a lot, we, we we used to end up at at some of those like yeah three star hotels where just like well this is pretty degenerate, um, yeah. and then you like get like one uh, dry croissant and a and a glass of orange juice for breakfast. Yeah, this is a three star where it's like charging five star prices as well. Where I'm just like hmm, is this this is the best you got? Suspicious. So, uh, yeah, suspicious. Anyway, enough. Or actually, hold on. We have something actually that we can hint at. We're going to do our own like Q drop, but it's actually like a handstand drop. So it's a H drop instead of a Q drop. And basically, it is. uh, We're recording this on a Wednesday. And tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Just for people listening in the future, tomorrow is Thanksgiving 2021 in the States. Uh, We have a lot of American listeners. So. Sometime tomorrow, probably tending towards evening time in Ireland, if you were to log into your Handstand Factory account, there could be something in there. There could be a surprise. May or may not. There may or may not be. You know, it's kind of like JFK Jr. coming back from the dead. He may or may not come back from the dead, <laughs> but we're going to hold the vigil. You're just going to keep your account refreshing, and it's going to be perfect because, like, let's face it. You could use this possibly to make an excuse to get away from your uncle who will be spouting conspiracy theories at your, you know, Thanksgiving table after he's had a few too many beers. We all that have sounds... one of those uncles. I've got one in the family. I've got two in the family. I'm sure you have one or two. I mean, I have... Every family uh, has one or two. Or it's similar, but it's UFOs. Um, uh, UFOs are good, like... Uncle. It's not uncle, but it's it's, it's very... It's very similar, um, yeah. but it's 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 a lot of UFOs, and uh, yeah, it gets uh, complicated to follow after a certain amount of time. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like you know, yeah, we've got something coming for you, and don't worry, even if you're listening in the future, past it, it will be in your account still. So anyway, that's our kind of drop, and we'll talk a bit more about what maybe it is in next week's episode. But this is our way of, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll see anyway. Uh, yeah, we have stalled for long enough. I think I know we're trying to fill time. This episode is all filler, no chiller, and all thriller. I can't remember <laughs> some shit like this. Uh, anyway, like ninety so, percent of our shit. Yeah, basically, we dropped the gold in there, but you have to mine it. Basically, so uh, that's what the transcripts are for. If we say something good, you just go back and read the transcript, and you can find the quicker. Anyway, what was going to say? We have a topic today. 
Uh, a topic that is, it's one of those ones like, yes, how do we do it? What do we do? What do we call it? Well, we're going to call it spotting. And that is our topic today of like all these kind of things that go into how can we as coaches or just even as friends or training partners or just happening to be in the same room give physical assistance to someone doing a handstand and this is kind of one of the things that's like it's there's a weird thing of spotting is like you could get all the way basically as good as you're going to get in handstands without having a continual kind of spotting thing or you could get all the way good as best as you can get ever and have spotting all the way along it's not a you know, it's not an either or. It's definitely one of these things that it's there's ways around it of not having a spotter, or having access to a spotter, or having little access, or having no access, and these kind of things. I kind of find it interesting actually, and it is one of these things where I suppose where both me and Mikhail came from, like circuit school, where spotting is used a lot for basically everything, really. Yeah. Whereas then it depends. I suppose Sasha wasn't too spotting heavy, but like I know Senna was quite like most of your sets will be spotted to a large degree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sasha has actually started. I mean, I've seen him spot on much more in the later years with other students than me and the guy I was training with Kim. We were basically almost never spotted because we could one arm pretty well when we got there. Um, but I think like the, the entire kind of spotting methodology is like, I think part, like I think actually that is perhaps the largest reason for me that I started becoming interested in in actual coaching and actual like the idea of like this training in general because spotting was kind of the default setting yeah. in many ways and I and I just failed to see its purpose after a certain point and th- I think this was like a very large driving force for me because it's like well they are all doing this this is the the way and yet I, I just see no, no results year after year yeah with like so many people and I'm, of course i know a lot of people including myself who have been spotted who have gotten great results but i did notice that the people that got good were the people that went after class they went in the evenings the people that trained outside of their classes and i guess then were able to apply the the knowledge that you get from from being placed in a position and then practicing it yourself and i just saw that everything i would be able to do with a, with a with a with a spotter would not translate to to being able to do it myself uh and this frustrated me and i i i found this or like i started like thinking about this like well but why doesn't it work and this this went for hand balancing and it went for aerial straps as well where i was spotted through the same routine uh, through all my classes of straps for years and I couldn't get very much better at it. Like my coach would kind of bounce my legs in front lever, like for back levers I could do, but like I I just, I didn't get any better at front levers whatsoever. And it was an element. I didn't train a whole lot, but I trained it intensely. So there should have been some kind of carryover, but there just happened so little with this movement and also with kind of spotted handstand moves. And I just started wondering, so what, what the hell kind of and uh now i'm kind of like starting the entire like long rant on why <laughs> spotting isn't good there there are a lot of good stuff about yeah. spotting but i it as as always it's about the how and and not exactly the what but yeah i think that the the generalized use of heavy spotting on people that do not need to be spotted is is vastly overused yeah yeah, it's definitely one of these things. It's like it is a double-edged sword because it's it's this kind of thing. It's like if you're let's we'll speak more about the higher end. I suppose we're talking about when we talk about sort of more beginner spotting towards the end of the podcast. We'll probably be why I split this up. Where it's quite easy if you take like say if I was to take someone who done aerial or pole dance, uh, it was pretty good, flexible, strong, whatever, good body sense. I could probably put them into the right configuration of a figa. And move them around and all this. And I could probably like take my fingers off and let them balance for a split second before they fall and keep doing that. But you'll see this and like it's as you said, you've seen people who've been doing this for years and still wouldn't actually be able to do the movement. And Mm. it is kind of 
it's basically in some ways the spotter is taking over the software side of the handstand. So we have the hardware side, which is the physical the physical shapes the body can make and your strength and your muscles and flexibility, all that. Uh, with the limits of what that is or what it can do, we could very easily basically manipulate you into the shape, shape you what we want, whatever, however our ideal aesthetic we're looking for in the shape is. And then we've done all the movement and all the mistakes and made it perfect. And this is one of the things that I find with, Styles that are too spotted, not all of them, obviously. There has to be a mix, and I think that's important. But where it's like it's missing, it's not letting people fuck up. This, I think, is that kind of mistake that happens in spotting because everything is perfect. Everything has to be exactly how it should be. But that's great in terms of thing when you have a skill that you can work on and you just need a bit of refinement or a bit of like tightness on the body position or a bit of like tweaking here or there. But then it becomes this thing where you're like, oh, I'm just like, I'm literally not allowing you to build up that body map of like hot and cold around the spots you need to be in. Yeah, for sure. And and just the fact that like developing balance when you have a diff, like an extra point of contact, it's uh, it messes with, with the entire thing. And um, I think that you could say that on average, the more complex the balance is, the harder it is to spot it well so that yeah. the the person doing it gets something out of it and um like if because like let's say you have someone like we would let's start totally at the beginning someone who just is like there it's their first handstand class they they need some spot they might need to like have you literally help them up to the wall with legs and stuff like that if they do it freestanding they need to maybe have their your knee in there by their shoulder and like you hold their legs tightly and stuff because they just need to understand what the hell it means to be upside down on their arms yeah and then you need lots of spot you need like because safety is the number one thing if they if they fall and hurt themselves and get get or become afraid or whatever then that's your problem and that, that is like that that that's a hundred percent a point where spotting is crucial and even for someone who is like learning to balance a bit and like it's like safe enough in their hands spotting can be really good because they can with a good spotter spend more time in like the the within the field they can do corrections of their body themselves and you can very importantly you can also help like get the proper configuration of the body so that you you get the correct position that you're looking for as a coach it's hugely helpful with spotting but as they want to learn to balance for longer then then they need to kind of gradually go go away from spotting and from what i've seen is that most people seem to be reasonable when it comes to or most people that have handstand knowledge seem to be reasonable when it comes to to the use of spotting um, for kind of beginners intermediate stages yeah i think it's when we get towards complexity such as presses or one arms where people people employ a lot of spotting where the spotting might just not do very much at all and i think something i've thought a lot about seeing particularly a couple of people going to class for like two and a half years working on one arms very very heavily with constant spotting while barely being able to do solid two arm work they just didn't get they, they didn't get yeah. better at all like like the the physical ability to do things on their own it 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 didn't it didn't improve over a period of two years uh and that is like and i think one of the large problems is that being spotted gives you a fake sense of of proximity to your goal because it feels oh but i'm almost there and you'll have coaches go like They'll spot you in a stalder and it'll block your shoulders. So the shoulders don't actually need to to, yeah. to do the flexion hard enough. And then they say, oh, yeah, but I spotted very little. You're almost there. And like I saw this in the circus school, a girl being spotted for sets of 10 stalders. And I saw I was looking at that. I was like, hmm, yeah, I want to I test her when she comes because like, I was teaching her. And she came to class the, like a couple of days later. And I was like, OK, can you can you lower down as far as you can and then press back up? I asked her. Uh and she could barely do a range of motion press where her feet came past her hands a little bit and back up. And even yeah. deeper, and she couldn't. And and she had been doing this for a long time. Same another girl in the same school who had been doing like reps of of same type types of presses and croco to handstand 
yeah like for a long time with a chinese teacher and she was like really good on all kinds of other handstand stuff but this strength stuff she she had gotten nowhere with it she couldn't get up she wasn't even close to getting up or understanding even to how to create a drive from going in a two-arm uh, croco up with with kick yeah and because each time she goes for the movement, there is there are hands on her body that lifts her up, giving her support exactly where she needs to work. And um, like the neural pattern, like it, it's just not the same firing. It's not yeah. the same whole body coordination and understanding of what's going on. So there is like those. T- that, that's where I'm really torn. That like it can be so effective and so necessary at, at certain stages, and then at others, it'll it'll just be time waste. Yeah, I think that's kind of one of the things. It's, say, the pressing example as well. It's very, very easy to over or underestimate or overestimate, I'm not sure, the amount of assistance you're giving the person. So you think they're giving them very little, but what you're doing is just like basically not allowing them to strain in the movement. And as we know, like say press or something that requires strength. It's just you're not allowing them to build up strength. It's just it's basically like that guy in the bench who has like too much and his buddy is there lifting the bar up doing like curls and it's just like all you bra, all you bra. Yeah. And like it does get that with presses. Like it's something I've experienced myself. I remember like I can't remember one of the coaches I had like would finish our tumbling class. So it was tumbling, not even a handstand class, with like twenty or thirty spotted presses in one set. And you just have people spot like all of us, like this group of 10 or whatever was in the class, just like spotting each other. And it's just like with the way he's doing with the block knees, knees blocking the shoulders going forward and someone hands on the hips. And you're just like, oh, look, I can do 20 presses. Oh, I can't do one today. You'd hear. And then you're like, well, I can do this in 20 yesterday. I must be tired. I'm like, well, if you could do 20 presses in a row without coming down, you probably should be able to do one. Yeah, that I, I think I think it's that thing where like the logic goes, oh well, it it must be good for something, and you're repeating the motion a lot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So like, and 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 I get the logic, but like I, I I've just I just haven't seen enough results of it. And being around for all these years, I just I've seen so many results by exposing the body to the exact uh, problem it needs to solve, and it works. And I mean, we we do see this a lot. I mean, um in other kind of training communities and fitness and stuff where you do progression, such as yeah. Yeah, just to go back to that, like front lever kind of example, you have a bunch of like progressions where you increase leverage. So you're working within a reasonable degree of like of exhaustion for like, or effort of your body and you work there and then you increase that over time. It's um, while, while the spotted method, like kind of, tries to achieve that oh well this is easier for your body therefore you can do more but you're like the problem is you're actually not doing the same thing and like i remember very well when i was doing especially those like front lever that front lever work with my coach so i could never get back past one leg straight and one leg bent um and when we were doing in class we would do them full and he would bounce my legs and hold me a bit and stuff and I would just experience this like large amount of effort everywhere in my body. It was heavy, but I didn't feel like when I started doing it on my own kind of progressions for it, I would feel like, hey, my lats are contracting very hard. Like, yeah. like you just have that like specific muscle feeling. Okay, my lats are working very hard. My abs are working very hard right now. Like it would, it would be a direct sensation, whereas I'd never felt that when I was spotted because I was just kind of held up and... <clears throat> Then again, I I do know that like in in gymnastics, in many different um, styles of training, there are successful people that like I mean, ring gymnasts they're working with with spotting and and so on. And I like if this is done well, I am sure it can work. But um, this is the thing: spotting is an art, and yes. it's kind of one of the points I want to raise on this is like you have to understand the goal of what you need to achieve when you are spotting someone. Um, we could say we could say roughly, I'll probably think of a few more as I go through this, but when you're spotting someone, we have three we have three zones that we could be spotting someone in. You have to be very clear on this. It's like, okay, I'm spotting someone for safety. Someone handstands obviously it's more on beginners, someone's scared of falling out. I want to make them feel very safe. I want to like, you know, my spot almost wants to be like hugging them or taking all their weight or like 
literally just getting them used to being unbalanced or like like controlling their body into the position so there's no way they could fuck up this is for safety it's not so much that they're going to learn a lot out of it but they're getting this feeling of safety they're getting used to what we want to do this happens in tumbling as well when like okay i'm spotting someone they're going to attempt something they've done haven't done before we worked on the lead up but now it's like i don't know into a double back or try something like a cast off not too certain on the terminal on high bars or some kind of release or something on trampoline it's like okay i'm gonna spot you but like i'm basically gonna make sure you can get in and under we're not really caring about the movement we're just caring about getting a sense of what we're meant to do and then we can work on it from there it's like an ex- it's an experience it's like a roller coaster you go on the roller coaster the, the track keeps you safe you're the track then we have spotting where we're trying to make up a deficit of strength where someone just doesn't have the strength to do the movement. And this could be like, okay, simple. Someone's trying to do a handstand. They can get on top of the shoulder, just two-arm handstand. They can keep the shoulders up, but they don't have the strength. I just want them to spend longer time on that. So I'll let them spend as much time as they can with their shoulders high, wherever they need to be. And then when they sag, I'm going to lift them back up and give them a bit of support and hold them on. And the same for pressing. So we're like trying to find a deficit of strength that this person has. Then we could be spotting for body shape. And this is very common in sort of most our gymnastics. stance as well, everything. It's, you know, we're trying to get the person into the right alignment because they mightn't have the right body map upside down. So this is kind of like when we're fingertips, we're kind of just moving people gently. We're just basically, yeah, we're basically just, you know, trying to get the, get the picture right of the movement or get the kind of sequencing right. If someone isn't like doing the presses right, we could, you know, hold their legs close to the body while they're pushing through the shoulders, and then let the legs come up. There is this style of doing it. But then once again, if we're pressing, if we're spotting for body shape and body control, we're not worrying too much about, you know, we're trying to get the person to basically experience this, pay attention to that, notice this. We're not worrying too much about the strength. Obviously, we're trying to get that should be taken care of. But what happens in a lot of spotting is you're trying to do everything at once. And we have spotting for balance as well. Obviously, we're trying to maintain the person. And the spotting for balance is like, particularly when you're spotting someone and you're good at spotting, you have a good eye, you probably know they're off balance before they know they're off balance. It's just like things. So they've kind of lost it, but they haven't lost it far, particularly when it's a new move or new something they need to go much further into the fall before they get to it. So what you're trying to do is stop people at the extremes of our zones of balance. So if you remember, so the zones of balance, what we explained before, we have this idea where we could have a zone where we can correct with the hands only. And this zone would mean the upper body shape, the shape of the body upwards above the hands doesn't have to change. And that's the kind of zone we want to keep people in if we're spotting. So they get used to this finer balance control that they mightn't have access to immediately. But at the same time, they need to get to the edge of that balance when the body line and movement begins to break down before you should interfere rather than just like, oh, you're moving back, moving back. Because then it just becomes like that game where you're keeping a stick up on balance just by tapping it backwards and forwards. Mm. Yeah, like I, I think with, with, with a lot of the... Um yeah, or, or the more technical kind of of spotting. Uh, yeah, like like for presses, for example, I've 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 been trying out a lot of stuff when it comes to 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 spotting, and there's a couple that I do um, on presses where, like, I think the primary thing is to try to not block the shoulders too much, unless it's it um, increases like danger for the person or unsafety. But like where like there's this one I do where I kind of like I, I grab by the hips and then I roll like I follow with the fingers um, down the the side of the abs as the person rolls down from a handstand doing a negative, for example, because you can f- kind of follow where their center of mass is moving. Yeah. And it's something that actually makes them feel that they have to crunch like, or they, they will feel the crunch in their abs. The reason I started using it is because when I was trying it out, people were like, oh, it, that's so heavy in my abs. They would feel kind of that cramping thing which I remember from when I learned my first negatives and my first presses, I would feel that like it, it felt like my midsection was a towel that was twisted <laughs> um, kind of. It's just like, it was so much like action going on there. And I was like, Hey, so people aren't actually noticing this when I do this spot. And it's kind of complicated and difficult to do because you need to be very aware of how the movement should be, how the movement can be for this person. 
and where they are in the moment and so on. Um, and yeah, for for balance, I find it like, um, like, and for anyone who's like who is probably listening and are now thinking like, yeah. yeah, what are some tips in terms of like getting better at your spotting? I think first of all, if you're spotting for safety, use the grip of your hand, like. You can place your knee in front of the person's shoulders. So if they cave forwards, if they feel the, the feeling of falling on their face, their 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 shoulder is just going to bump into your knee. Central mass will move back again and they'll fall back on their feet. It is 100% safe because yeah. they cannot just crash on their face. And that is your prime. That is your first priority as a handstand coach. Make sure no one falls on their face. Yeah. Everything else is secondary. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> I would like to say with spotting as well, Make sure you've explained what you're going to do with the person yes, and that you have, definitely. you know, they know, like, you know, we can talk about consent and all that. We're all hopefully grown-ups here and we can have these conversations. They should be quite easy. And it should be quite easy to say, no, I don't want to be spotted as well. So if you don't want to be spotted, you know, personally, I don't really like being spotted. I never liked being spotted during coaching. And, you know, I'd say that to the coaches if I could or if it wasn't important. If it was important, I would obviously get in with it, but that'd be fine. But... It is just one of those things, like, even if, like, if if it's just down, just go, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to touch you on the butt or I'm going to have to grab your ribs. Don't make it a surprise when the person is upside down. You know, even if someone's going for their first kick up, and you go, like, okay, I'm going to let you kick up and then I'm going to grab your leg and pull you up. Don't go, like, oh, yeah, I'll just be here. Or, mm-hmm. you know, make sure the person knows what's going to happen during the spot so it's not a surprise when, like, oh, shit, you know, I expected them to touch my ties and they grab my ribs. You know, it will mm. throw someone off. Mm. Yeah, super, super important. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, as a coach, as important as people not falling on their face, you need yeah. to make, make people feel safe. So yeah, make make, make sure everyone is understanding uh, what's going on. Um, but yeah, like I think for this um um for 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 spotting balance and stuff like that since like i i think the ultimate way of of balance of of being a good spotter is if you are the helping wheels on the bike for a kid um because like when when you if you're able to be those those wheels because they're not touching the ground for the majority of the time that even the child is biking just gives them the safety that okay they'll touch now and then yeah Uh, but as soon as they kind of like get up a little bit of speed, the bike will do its job and they will actually stay in the middle um, due to due to the bike rather than to the to the side wheels. <clears throat> and I think that um, yeah, I mean you're you're as you're as you're making sure people are safe or when people come up, yeah, you use you use the grip of your hands. You just make sure okay, you know you know where they are. They can feel feel your support. Yeah. Um, of course, for someone who's very advanced, you don't need this, but for someone learning and for those who are more advanced, you have to move fingertips. Like you're not sensitive enough in your hand to, to, to get the idea of exactly where a person is like, and the fingertips can do uh, a lot better of a job because what your, what your goal is, is not to put them in balance. Your goal is to put them in the area where they can assume their own balance from your hands. And that means that you need. You, you need to be going gradually. It's a very analog kind of thing. You have, you're, you're touching, you're touching less and less and less and less until they start assuming their own balance uh, within whatever capacity they have. And this needs to happen painfully slowly. And yeah. you need to be mega patient coach with this. Like sometimes I, I stand there, I'm like, I, I'm, like I'm like I really want to just go off the person now with like just like skin touch kind of but I'm like, no I'm gonna be here for five more seconds because yeah. I don't know what's going to happen of a reaction because as as long as there's more points of contact you will interfere with their center of mass as you move off yeah and this is where it gets difficult and on two arms it's not particularly difficult because you can put people like one percent into overbalance and then have the person uh, apply pressure with the fingers and they can they can take the weight off of you and get into their hand by the, the force of fingers and then like stabilize while on one arm this is extremely difficult because they will spin in all directions and i think <laughs> some of the most useless and i'm sad to say 
Like it's it's useful in the beginning, spotting people's hips and holding them and like yeah. or knees and so on and move them across into a correct position. Uh, but to me, this is primarily important until a person is able to do a very good fingertip support and or straight arm support. From there on, the balancing ability isn't going to happen if someone holds your hips. It's yeah. not the same thing. You don't get the biofeedback. And your fucking brain doesn't need to do the job. So why on earth should it get good at doing the job? Yeah. Basically. Here's that kind of thing of like, yeah, it's once again, you're taking over the software. I always found that like being spotted by the hips or by the knees, it's like it's useful for learning flags and a bit of endurance work. But I always found that kind of a bit weird. And I always like I start like started like years and years ago when I was teaching more sort of more advanced people in person, like just not doing any of the waist or the hip spotting, but actually just spotting the rib cage. So generally back then I was using a lot of canes with people as coaching. So I put them onto canes and then they'd be up higher. So then normally you'd stand on a box and then you could spot the hips. But then I just started spotting people around the rib cage and just to basically force them to coordinate their, basically their waist, their pelvis yeah. and their legs themselves and that seemed, it seemed to work much better because then it was just kind of like you're just kind of basically making that kind of surrounding on the ribs. You could tilt them over. You could stop the shoulder shooting out to the side or shooting to the inside. And then other than that, it was kind of it was an easier transition. It seems just like that kind of take the fingers off, as Mikhail explained, take the fingers off. And it wouldn't be an immediate chaos because you still got some of the inverted pendulum, I suppose, is already going above the arms. But yeah, yeah, and I, I, yeah, go on. Yeah, but it is that kind of thing of just like, I think you know, yeah, it is that kind of zone of going from, yeah, no, say no two arm, but have the body shape to being able to balance a two arm, uh, to the same as like going from like no one arm, like fingertip supports to a one arm, like it kind of has to be done a lot by the person yeah like we can get your yeah. body shape we can get your conditioning we can help with that but there's at certain point it's like you just have to you know i call it an initiation process you're getting initiated into the cult of one arms or two arms and you just have to do it mm. you just have to yeah throw yourself into the pit climb back out In the the um yeah, I, I do the same thing. Like I spot a lot of like I spot the shoulders a lot. I, I do think like all that kind of spotting is a lot more complex and requires a lot more experience. I've I've shown kind of the way I spot shoulders and, and rib cage and stuff to people and uh it just seems difficult to do and I, I have no fucking idea what I do when I do it because it's just I try to stay sensitive to the person's balance yeah. and respond in a very small manner and, and as you say like I am I am not helping up by the hips at all, and like your central mass is by your hips, so you you want you want the person to be controlling that to the degree that they can. And the interesting part, I mean, to me with with spotting is ultimately, I mean, is that you can learn the entire process without ever having been spotted, while if you're only spotted, you basically won't learn anything. Yeah. Um, if 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 like if if we say it like that, if if spotting is all you get, you do not get much. And I have seen it firsthand of yeah. people having gone to class for years. Um, there is also another example which I which I'm actually I'm 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 actually very happy that I have that example. And that is that uh, there was a guy contacted me. I probably mentioned it before. A guy contacted me online, <clears throat> asking me about one arm, and I asked him what he could do, and he said he had been doing. Uh, sets of 20 minutes on the wall legs together one arm <laughs> shifting back and forth for 20 minutes like one minute one minute one minute for 20 minutes um and i was like geez that's pretty crazy like i can't do 20 minutes like that so like whoa yeah so how how are you on the floor then like and now nah, you barely make 20, 10 seconds sometimes and i'm like oh wow it just tells me so much about that <clears throat> holding the body up and balancing the body are just two extremely separate skills. Yeah. When you're holding the body up, you just bring your shoulder joint into a degree of appropriate tension for the weight you hold. 
yeah. and that static contraction is is more or less kept. I guess there's some slight slight kind of oscillation there, but yeah. not a lot. While when you balance your joint, there is a, a constant, really quick interplay of firing and relaxation of various muscles that needs to happen several times per second to make sure that you maintain the humerus at the place where you can keep the hip above. And then your rib cage moves and your legs move and your hip moves and your elbow moves and your hand moves. Everything is a constant mess that needs to be kind of untangled. So, and that very process is the learning of balance. So unless you're exposing yourself so that your brain has zero reason to start adapting and, muscles are one thing but like the vestibular system and your brain just it needs that feedback and on the other hand this is also where spotting can come in because like you can at least be taught to be placed in a in a solid position yeah you also can learn yourself uh, and you can learn to spend some time there with good spotting you can approximate yourself this position and this process but ultimately like you are not doing it until you're doing it yourself and like a lot of the time, uh, I'm or like the, the people that I see becoming really good are the ones that just they they accept the fact that they fall down and they just keep at it, but they they keep doing it themselves. They're not they're not like oh I'm not going to train because my coach isn't here to hold me up for a minute at a time. <laughs> yeah, it is just that difficult thing. It's like chasing the dragon. Never going to catch the dragon. Basically, if you're being spotted too much. And it's just kind of, I wonder if there's like this kind of thing of like optimum ratio of spotting a movement to doing the movement. Because there is some benefits of like, okay, I'll give you a kind of idea of a body map of where you should be, what kind of contractions. And then like, could there be an optimum combined part of like, if you had someone like, Obviously, it's almost sensitive to spotting and all this stuff, but it's still, you have to do it. So is there like 10% spotting to 90% solo or 20%? Like, mm. like 50-50 would almost be too much. That's the other kind of like... That's too much, I think. Yeah, this is the other thing about spotting that can be, it's a double-edged sword, is that when you're being spotted, you can do longer sets. That's mm. great if the goal of the set is endurance, that can be terrible for load and fatigue management over the course of a training cycle or a training week mm. or a training month. Whereas mm. it's like, oh, you're doing, you're basically just going beyond failure. If you imagine it takes like whatever amount of force to elevate your shoulders to the correct position, regardless of what you're doing in your handstands, and then your force output drops, you'd fall out. Say we're doing two arm, one arm, whatever it is. But the spotting can kind of go like, oh, you would have dropped here and I'm just going to hold you a bit longer. It's like a drop set. It's like yeah. doing them on weightlifting. You like we know from weightlifting, <clears throat> unless you're on steroids, you kind of want to not do drop sets too often and not do too many every set. But then every set becomes a drop set. Mm. So then you're just like, oh, you're just pushing into the fatigue zone a bit too much. And now, I, now I came up with a really bad joke, uh, and that is that every handstand is in essentially is essentially a drop set because you always drop down in the end. You're a, you're welcome. <laughs> shoot me in the head um <laughs> every set is a drop set and handstand yeah. hold on <laughs> exactly because i mean where's the laugh really, on this like, thing gravity, gravity always wins um, gravity does always win do, do do another sound effect for that oh. gravity always wins thank you uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god this this podcast is becoming more degenerate each time but um i think it's a yeah, real podcast you I just have to get degenerate as time progresses yep um yeah but like one thing i was thinking about um the about spotting is uh yeah that's a good screenshot you fucker these <laughs> <laughs> uh, are all going yeah, up in yeah, my like, story yeah jesus christ yeah that's a good one i'm a, i'm the fucking borg um <laughs> Oh, God, I look like a fucking idiot. But uh, anyway, um, what was I talking about? Yes, spotting. So, yeah, the thing that I think is really interesting with spotting is children. And I don't have any, like, direct... I don't have uh, any children to test this out on. So if you have some, please send us some of your children. Yes. (laughs) Donate children for (laughs) tests of handstands. No, but, like, um, the... I do think that with, or it seems to, 
I mean, in gymnastics, they do a ton of of, of just like spotted reps with kids of all kinds of stuff, and they become really, really good. So I do think there's definitely a thing. Um, now I can't. Uh, I have no. Um, how to say uh, qualifications for speaking about the neurological learning between kids and adults. But what we do know is kids learn really damn fast. And um, I like to use the analogy of language um, since a child would learn to speak a language with perfect intonation within just a few years uh, in a way that an adult might ev- not ever be able to replicate even with 20, 30 years of practice, just in terms of the small, minute nuances of language and so yeah. on. Um, and I do think that, like, or it does seem like spotting has uh, is more effective on in, on kids in it's, one way. And again, this is purely anecdotal. I have no real knowledge. I think you this, need to but... look at the thing because I've done a fair amount of like coaching kids and spotting mm-hmm. when you're spotting with kids is spotting for correct body shape. Like mm-hmm. this is the this is the nice and spotting for a sequence of body shapes because this is the nice thing about like when you have a ten kilo kid. You can basically, like, I can get a kid, they could do a round off towards me, I can catch them in the right body shape, basically dunk them over my head, stop them at the movement, at the point of the movement where I go, okay, now change your arms to this position, say we're doing a back layout or something, and then dunk them backwards and just slowly control them through it at increasing speed. So you're getting this kind of idea of body shape and sequence. But at the same time, like your body shape and sequence has already been built up on a strong pedagogy. Pedagogy? I can't say that wrong, right? Someone said a word. Anyway. Pedagogy. Pedagogy. I can never say words right. Anyway. uh, Yeah, but you're still building on a very strong foundation of stuff they're doing by themselves. Mm. Like, that's the kind of thing of like, yes, you do a lot of spotting in gymnastics, but once the kid is kind of making the right shape, you're sending them into the pit or off a springboard themselves yeah. and then spotting. So it kind of goes like spotting for shape, then spotting for safety almost would be the way I'd say it would be done. But then for safety as well. And then different coaches spot different amounts. But like this is the kind of thing for all the people, kids you see who are machines and come really good, you'll find an equal amount of them who can't do a front lever after four years of gymnastics just being bounced up and down on the spot. Yeah, like and it, it also it also makes me think about this like uh because <clears throat> I think often with spotting we have then the idea that okay I'll just place you in the exact right way place. You'll be in the exact right spot and you'll learn exactly the right thing. Yeah. Um and I always find it fascinating like we I, we've spoke about spoken about this a lot like the kids at the school of Ludmila Subueva in uh, in Kiev, like I was looking at uh, like a lot of clips of kind of the really small ones because yeah. she has tons of like really tiny girls, so like nine, and they wobble all over the place. It all looks kind of messy. Um, like it, it's kind of like the leg, legs together and they separate and they split. Like it all kind of wobbles and moves, like kind of expected for a child learning. And then you see the fourteen-year-olds and they wobble less, and then you see kind of the best ones of like the ones that are slightly older than that again that are just absolute mega mutant machines. So, um, it, I mean, that is a little bit of a different discussion, but it, it's funny that like we as adults, we are often just like, oh yeah, but it, it, it needs to have kind of a perfect shape because that's yeah. how you get good at it. And then you kind of accept that. Oh, man, the kid get, gets it. Yay. And then like, yeah, then the kid has done it for seven years and is mega solid. <laughs> and then, you, then you try to replicate, replicate the mega solid rather, rather than you do something for the light yeah. process. Yeah, you do something um, for 15 but, to 20 hours a week for seven years and let's see how good you get. Yeah, and I and I think think that like spotting has that that thing that that like since since you're being kept in the exact zone, uh, you don't respond outside neither in micro or macro corrections. Yeah, and you need to be able to do both micro and macro corrections if you are going to basically get so much better at the skill level you're at that you can start taking steps towards more difficult skills. Because if you if you can't micro and macro correct on two arms very well, well, there's no point for you starting on starting on one arm because, like, what feels like a macro corrections on 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 two arms are micro corrections on one arm. Like it's it's uh, it's a drastic step in difficulty. So, I think yeah, having that is where I think spotting 
gets it wrong in many ways and that like yeah. people think they kind of oh yeah but i think i know how it feels um uh, and i think also that 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 notion of oh yeah i think the legs together looks e- or feels easier than the than the straddle it also comes from like okay it's very easy to spot the uh, str- uh, legs together very well yeah like, oh yeah but i think i f- know how it feels no you don't <laughs> you're not you're not res- you're not responding to the fucking hurricane that is your body um so you you're not learning that correction speed and so on so um but we again with good spotting if it's well executed and if it has if it if it if it aligns with a proper purpose um of what what the the spotted person needs to be working on then i think it's invaluable um but yeah i think for any for any of you that are listening that are just like if you're doing day in day out spotted sets and there is if there's a large discrepancy between what you can do spotted and what you can do alone well you are quietly or at some point you need to work a lot alone <laughs> to start getting it so you yeah. might as well get on with it at least to a higher percentage than you might currently be doing yeah i think that kind of sums it up really i think we'll wrap it up there for today yeah yeah spotting it works but don't do too much of sometimes. it sometimes just like <laughs> methamphetamine it works but just don't do too much <laughs> <laughs> this is getting worse and worse. So, you know, I just, I just needed someone post me some Adderall, please. I need to get this book written. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, we've been the Handstand Cast. So we've been back together once again. Uh, how are we looking for next week's episode? Are we looking good? Or are you going to be busy? Uh I'm looking good. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So we will speak to you, both of us. We'll speak to you next week. Other than that, I've been Emmett. You're here with me and Mikhail. And hopefully I can wrap this up without breaking my shit laughing. The Handstand Cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horwath. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.